Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? Hey, that's uh, that's pretty good. Wins are good. Everybody likes wins. The Raptors win against the Memphis Grizzlies, 106 to 103. Now 4-3 on the season-long road trip. They are back to the cozy confines of the Big Bank, Scotiabank Arena, on the 8th against the Spurs. And, uh, you know, they're now 24-30 on the season. The trade deadline looms ahead, as it always has been. The big takeaway from this game, obviously, is that Steven Adams wasn't available. John Morant wasn't available, and neither was Dylan Brooks. Uh, For many of the people listed, because of hijinks, as it were. (laughs) The Raptors do get the win, though, in what was, man, such an impressive finish for Scotty Barnes. Uh, Blake, I'll I'll pull up the tweet. He had the statistics all laid out for everybody, which was fantastic. But Scotty, down the stretch, hit it in the last five minutes, hit a three-pointer off of, I think they gave it, it was like an Iverson cut. They gave it to Pascal wheeling around. He drew two in the lane, passed it out above the break to Scotty. Scotty hits a three. The next time he hits a basket, it's within the last two minutes, and it's a fader that drops in. And then that last basket for them to to go ahead and take the lead, so good. This is something I've been talking about for quite some time with Scotty, ever since I did that massive deep dive into his game last season was that, he really manipulates with his pickup point. He he gets to his shot quicker than other players. Some guys have a quick jump that allows them to be more uh, devastating as far as finishing over guys or on offensive rebounds or on blocks, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. is a good example of that. But Scotty couples that with a really quick pickup point, and that's how he's able to finish over a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. while he's flat-footed. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., as Raptors fans will know if you watch this game or if anybody's seen him ever play, is the opposite of flat-footed, and Scotty left him there to finish late. Really fantastic play from Scotty. I think he finishes with 16 points in this game, most of it coming in the fourth quarter. I think he had six makes in the fourth quarter. Some of that comes via creation from other guys, but the most important ones come via creation by himself. He is, you know, if he has space to go one-on-one against a guy, and especially another big or another small, if it's not a wing, He's, he's definitely going to find something. Against the small, he's going to be able to definitely bully them under the basket. If help doesn't come, he'll finish over top. If it's a big, he might be able to play around in space a little bit, get them off balance, and manipulate with that pickup point and the fact that he has such an accurate and fantastic ability around the rim to finish through contact and quickly. That is what saved the Raptors in this game. And then the defense at the end, too. The Raptors, they're facing a Grizzlies team that is not very talented offensively. In fact, they haven't been very good at all lately. They've lost eight of their last nine, but we're looking at a team that is still has a lot of interesting parts, plays good defense, and the Raptors in this game, despite not having the best performances from some players on the team, they found their way to it. And quickly, I'll just say, so 
Blake lays out the statistics here. Barnes is now 23 of 39, which is insane, in the final five minutes of a game and the score within five points. For those paying attention, that is how NBA the NBA tracks clutch statistics. Last five minutes, within five points. That is what is a clutch possession. And Scotty is shooting 23 of 39 in those. Four of eight on his threes. Wow. And also 12 of 13 on his free throws. Really great statistic. Thank you for compiling that, Blake. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, here's the thing about Goldfinger Law. You know, you only pay if you win. The benefits are obvious for not paying if you lose. At least you don't have to pay. And if you win, hopefully you're operating at a surplus of money or assets or something. Or at least whatever it is, right? And that's Goldfinger Law. If you want to contact them, 416-730-1777. Okay. A game where the Raptors, they managed to do a pretty good job of keeping the basketball safe. You know, they won the turnover battle in this one. And while the Grizzlies were really efficient after they got steals, yes, they didn't get that many of them after the opening beginning of the game. Opening beginning, that's a little bit redundant. And the Raptors did a really fantastic job of guarding the Grizzlies in the open floor in transition after live rebounds. They were way more in tune with how they wanted to get back on defense, cross match, and stop the ball. That was impressive from the Raptors and a huge piece of winning this game because the Grizzlies did get a lot of opportunities to run out after rebounds and the Raptors did a really, really good job of stopping that momentum. Early on in the game, I think we were looking at Pascal and Fred. Fred really impressive early on and then kind of peppered in throughout, but uh, his shooting didn't really hold up in this game like it has been over the past however many. He's averaging like 28 points and eight assists over his last 10 games. So this game, a little bit different in that regard. And Pascal was present late in this game, um, less so defensively because he had a couple silly fouls and he's been in foul trouble a lot, you know, these past few games, something that he has to shore up and and be better at. If something comes to mind, right? I, I tweeted about this was that Xavier Tillman gets that end one on the roll and Pascal Siakam wasn't quick enough to rotate from the corner so that he forces that, that pickup point from Xavier Tillman at like maybe between eight to 12 feet, that would be helpful. That would probably funnel the ball out to the corner, force a pickup, something like that. He wouldn't be able to finish in the bucket. But since he meets him at, you know, five or six feet, because it's a later rotation, not every player is going to be able to make that rotation for what it's worth. But Pascal, when he's at his best, Ken, he's late on the pickup and he's also early enough that he's going to be there to contest it and give an end one. It's just putting himself in a bad position defensively and, you know, you can tell he's a little bit gassed. You can tell it's a late rotation. You can tell that he gave the Grizzlies an extra point there that they didn't need. And if he was at his best, then they wouldn't have it at all. You'd force that earlier pickup. Whatever. It's it's one play. This isn't to say, you know, everything on Siakam. It's just a good point to illustrate timing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Pascal with a few bad fouls in this game, trying to operate down the stretch without picking up his sixth foul and doing a pretty good job, especially at the point of attack. There were a couple nice defensive plays for him too. And he hit late free throws. He hit, I think with four minutes left, he hit a nice step back jumper, but he also pulled up for three, which was crazy to me with like, what, I don't know, two minutes left. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe he did that. He, he does not have it 
right now. Still 19-6-5. and five. I think you're like five assists, two turnovers. He's still creating looks for his team, but he clearly doesn't have the juice. I've been talking about this ad nauseum. Yes, repeating myself, of course. But we're looking at a guy who is not clearing guys off the off the bounce, who isn't clearing guys with the first step anymore. And when he is achieving things, it's when he's working off of other people or kind of getting into the finesse aspect of his game. The the catch and shoot threes in this game were helpful for him. Working off ball was helpful for him. And uh, there was, I think, three or four possessions where he tried to take guys on with a live dribble. He either lost the ball or foul baited and didn't get a call, right? His free throws have been way down in the gutter recently and that's that's a huge part of it too and it it makes the foul baiting look much worse but two threes helps in this game he got to the middle of the floor a few times he got to the basket a few times too he'll offensive rebound a bit so um an all-purpose game from siakam but certainly at a lower level than we'd like to see unfortunately but the raptors win in this game too and largely because as i talked about at the top scotty barnes with like game heroics and the raptors team defense finding a way to keep the Grizzlies at bay. And the the Grizzlies did succeed in this game a lot in the short mid-range. No long mid-range jumpers from them. Everything below the free throw line and a lot of stuff outside of four feet, right? This is Tyus Jones. This is um, Jaron Jackson Jr. This is guys like that getting to the cup, operating that. And then they have like three-point shooters like Santi Aldama and Desmond Bain, who was fantastic in this game. 26 points, four assists, four steals. Really, really impressive. The big thing in this game, though, is that the Raptors, off the bench, you had Thad Young with 14 points, four assists. You had Chris Boucher with 17 points and 10 rebounds. They had a palpable, palpable change of pace. They're both a plus 12 in this game. Even Malachi Flynn was a plus 11. He had a couple nice plays. Um, One that's most notable, I think there's two assists he had where he was dropping the ball off after getting deep into the paint. And I think he had five assists on the night. So nice floor game from Malachi Flynn, even if the shooting wasn't really there, um, even if it wasn't providing a whole bunch, he played, I think, 17 or 18 minutes. The Raptors with Boucher and with Boucher showing mostly, I guess, showing up mostly on the offensive end, really bringing a lot of energy, hit a couple threes early. Both he and Thad hit threes off of short roll passes from Pascal Siakam. Those plays for the Raptors, they don't know. They were corner threes, yes, so good shot created. But considering who's shooting them, you're not always getting the return on investment of those possessions. They did in this game. In games where you want to win, if you're not getting you know north of 20 points from Van Vliet or Pascal, if you're only getting 10 points from Gary Trent Jr., you're going to need it from somewhere else. And 17 and 14 from Boucher and Thad was really good. And Thad in particular, really nice job cutting. The finishing around the rim was helpful in this game. and But mostly, I think he was really, really great as far as maneuvering on the defensive end. Really great rotations to cut drives off, recover, bringing help as well. You know, there's guys who spin into the lane and they're not that aware of the situation around them. A guy like Thad rotating over to get his hands active and present another pair of arms to kind of dissuade a player from passing out and to try a, a difficult floater instead. That that's helpful. Uh, I thought he had a great game from that point of view. Gary not hitting a three is a little bit weird, but that's going to happen. He's been so good for so long offensively. Defensively, Gary is he's had a below average season for sure. Last year, I think despite all the hubbub around his steals and everything, I was pretty consistent in saying that he was e- either like a, basically an average or above average defender, depending 
um, on how much you value steals, I guess, by the end of the year. Some people could fairly call it a subpar year as well last season, just because of how many advantages he gave up on gambles. And this season hasn't been like a home run for him defensively, but who has had a home run season defensively for the Raptors, right? This is a bad defensive team, even if they did operate in a better capacity tonight. But 10 points, two rebounds. Gary had a couple nice, you know, rummages to the rim. And by rummages, I mean like the ball pops out, he collects it again. A guy stopped pursuing and he gets to, you know, pivot to the bucket and finish. Nice to see. Precious and Jaron Jackson Jr., I think this that's my World Cup. They both are such, and Scotty also fits in there to some degree as well, but he doesn't play the same position as those guys. They move so interestingly and so well. You know, we, we get Precious with that that massive bump to slide Jaron back under the rim and then a push shot. We get a bit of a poster, even though Jaron was late on the rotation. We get Jaron, who's so good at getting started, going forward with his long strides and using his pickup point to get sideways to cut into the middle of the lane and finish at the front of the rim. He's really, really intriguing in the way that he moves downhill. He's not ever going to be like this super efficient dominating player on offense until the threes start going down. And I don't think he had a three tonight. He was 0 for 6. But as far as when Jaron Jackson Jr. had a live dribble, even if it was precious in isolation, even if it was, you know, anybody else really, he couldn't be contained because he's got those long strides. He was finishing well at the rim and he's attacking really intelligently. I love watching both these guys try and figure it out. Jaron Jackson Jr., bigger, more sprawling in the way that he attacks. But I also think that Achua is more explosive, right? And so seeing these guys kind of go head-to-head was really interesting. Achua, I think in the first part of the game, getting the better of Jaron Jackson Jr. But by the end of the game, Jaron started really winning that matchup. Uh, And for people who are paying attention to all the drama about Jaron Jackson Jr. and his blocks um, for in this game, they were all real. The Raptors felt every single one. Um, for the the Legend of Zelda fans, I um, comped Jaron Jackson Jr. to the Helma Rock King from Wind Waker. You remember that big bird that you have to fight with, like the skull hammer? And he has this, you know, it's almost like a luchador mask made for um, a bird on his head. And you have to hit him in the head with that hammer repeatedly. It, that's He's just so big and powerful and overwhelming. That's that's Jaron Jackson Jr. to me. So I loved watching that matchup in this game. It was awesome. But the Raptors, honestly, despite not getting a ton from Pascal, a ton from Fred, the overall performance and the late heroics of Scotty Barnes, that's how they win this game. Very impressive. Take care of the ball, figure out throughout the game, introduce a little bit more pick and roll to keep the, the offense you know, humming or at least alive. And the Raptors, by the end of the game, it, it ends up in Scotty's hands a decent amount of time. He wins his possessions. He scores efficiently. He makes it move as he's been doing for most of this season, right? Especially late game. I'm not somebody, you can, you can check my tweets. You can check whatever. You can check this podcast. I, uh, I am firmly pro fourth quarter Scotty Barnes. I, I don't care about you know making quips about well if only he did it the first three quarters or something like that sure that'd be nice but basketball isn't about doing it the whole game basketball is about finding pockets of space where you understand what the defense is trying to do to you you understand 
what you can attack and taking as much advantage in that space of time as you possibly can. That's why it's the game of runs because nothing's static in the NBA or basketball at any level. You can't attack the same thing every single time. You can for three or four minutes at a time. You can keep winning a certain possession or a certain play type, sure, but the defense will adjust and you'll have to find something different. You're not always the best equipped player to find that different advantage, right? When it comes to the best players of all time, they still go through parts of the game where they can't figure it out. The most important thing, though, is that if you have pockets where you can dominate, and while Scotty, sure, he can be quiet for long parts of the game, he's an unselfish player, he's trying to work through things and process the defense, the fact that he's figuring it out late and scoring at the most difficult point to score in the game is just very impressive. And obviously, um, the Raptors win this game because of Scotty's late game heroics. So well done, Scotty Barnes and the Raptors. 106 to 103. We'll see what happens with this team. Reggie Evans Award. I think I want to give it to Thaddeus Young. He is palpable, man. Even though a lot of his best possessions in this game don't end up registering a box score t- statistic, I still think his he gave it all on, on both sides of the floor. Cuts that require energy that don't necessarily end up anywhere uh, rotations on defense that move the ball elsewhere that aren't a steal that aren't a forced miss shot that aren't a block or anything like that but they help the team tremendously that's that's exactly what you want to see and that's the reggie evans award winner the top quick reaction comment is from spanish superfly quote reporter what are you learning about understanding the moment and making sure you show up for it Scotty, I feel like that's when I'm at my best. I feel like I'm always locked in when the pressure is on and we need something. I feel like that's when I play my best. Yes, sir. That's undeniable about this kid and I won't ever get tired of saying it, end quote. Yeah, it's Scotty found it late in the game. Um, He's been finding it late in games um, quite often this season and also was able to do it last season. They're, they're, they're like Kodak moments of last season, the free throws, like late in games where his offensive rebounding or, or him attacking space or in an isolation going up against a bigger guy, a smaller guy, whatever, was generating points for the Raptors late in games. And in this season, I think we're seeing him have a little bit more license to do so, and especially off of his own creation. And the returns have been tremendous. He deserves nothing but love for the late game heroics. I know... Yeah, I just, it, it's very nice to see it and good for Scotty. There's a reason I opened up the podcast just waxing poetic about him because he's he's an impressive young player. I continue to be, I'm, I'm in the middle of a, a big piece. I'm currently doing the film for it, just like assessing all of his passes from this season, seeing how he manipulates with it. And that should be out this week or something like that. It's a lot of film I'm combing through, but he, he's, he's impressive. He's delightful. I, uh, I like being able to cover Scotty Barnes and write about Scotty Barnes and talk about Scotty Barnes. Thanks for writing in Spanish Superfly. Listener, uh, on YouTube, like the video, uh, subscribe. Most importantly, Go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe there. Otherwise, you won't be able to read the Scotty piece I'm working on currently, actually. So that's important. And additionally, if you're on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in. Let me chop it up with you. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.